Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. It is everybody's favorite time of the podcast. I've been hinting at this one for six months, if not more. We're going to talk about another Happy Christmas album. Oh my gosh. My favorite Christmas 365 moments are when we listen to Matt's Christian rock, everything he listened to growing up, and it just takes me back to my days in Catholic school um, and hanging out with my Jesus friends. And I can't wait to hear about your experience in this Jesus rock, my friend. So let me ask you a question. I have implied that of all of the uh, Happy Christmas albums, this one holds the most nostalgic place in my heart. Yeah. Um, Do you want to hear why before we record, listen, or after we listen? Um, Tell me why. Tell me why now. Okay. Tell me why. Uh, So. Nothing but a heartache. Okay. So (laughs) this came out the christmas after my grandfather passed away oh, um sorry, and man. i was no no sorry i was i was very close <laughs> way to, him. to I bring was, us way fucking yeah. down maybe we should have waited <laughs> so there's a couple Just songs <laughs> on on this album where that is an important factor to have in mind that i was yeah. i was in a really low place so what i like about this album then that is still stuck with this album is that this one doesn't have as much of that like trying to punk up some songs. It's a very like moody, cold, quiet Christmas album. Yeah. Um, case in point, a song that we've talked about already, the closing track on this CD is I Hate Christmas Parties from Matt oh, Thiessen. That's so good. So it's like, so it's good. most of this album kind of has that mo- that mood to it. And at this time, my only computer in the house was in the basement. Mm-hmm. And you know I'm living with my parents. I'm in tenth grade. 
You're like porn or happy Christmas. No, no, no. So, so I would have this, I would have this on all the time. Like I just had this on constant rotation, repeating over and over again, these 15 songs. And I remember this distinctly. This is crazy to me now, but my parents had one of those old school metal heaters that you would like plug in and the wires would get real hot and it had like a gate around it. And I would Dude, have that. My parents un- still use those sometimes. Yeah. So I had that underneath the computer desk, and I'd be like barefoot, basically playing like a game of like, how close can I get my feet to this without like <laughs> burning the bottoms of my feet type game. You know what I mean? I feel that. I feel so that. I was sit. I would be literally sitting there on AIM talking with like people, and there was a girl that I liked, um, and we were messaging on Instagram, and I knew that she didn't like me. It was like something I was just very aware. But, like, we were friendly towards each other. Yeah. And I would listen to this album a lot, and it makes me think of her, and it makes me think of that time of the year. But the other thing that this always reminds me of is that I went to my Christmas Eve church service uh, with my family. And as we came home, I saw a person running down our driveway into a car and driving away. And they had left a gift on the front step. And it was from that girl. And it was just a card. It was a card and some chocolates. And it basically was like, I know that this is going to be a rough Christmas for you because of your grandfather. And I just wanted you to know that people care about you. And it is like to this day, like the sweetest Christmas gift. Um, But that is like this album brings all of that back. Like it brings back like the sadness of that time. But it brings back like the comfort of that gift yeah. and and everything like this Does is that person know this story i've definitely messaged her in later years just telling her how much that gift that meant. still yeah. means to me um and we stay in touch like it's not That's like awesome. I, she's not someone that i talk to regularly but like yeah. if i was to just message her out of the blue and tell her that I told that story on the podcast. I don't think she'd be like, "Who the fuck are you, and why are you still lingering on something?" From, you know, like, like it's like we we're, we've got at least that. So yeah. But uh, oh all right, my God, dude. That so was let's so kick this off. Sweet man. This bad boy kicks off with a cover of a song that you hated on the first album. Yeah. Um, Heaven's got a baby. If you remember, that was the one that started with the cutesy little. Before yeah. like this girl sings yeah, the song. Yeah, dude. Oh my God, I like blocked that out of my yeah. memory. But. It's being covered yeah. by the OC Supertones. And it kicks in with some sweet, like, acoustic, like, like, upstringing, like, fucking... Yeah. And it's everything just an that you love song. for the OC Supertones. Yeah, like... Uh, but acoustically. Yeah, and we're not going to get any horns or anything. This is basically just like acoustic bass and drums. But, man, they took what was kind of a a slow bummer of a song and really popped it up a little bit. I did not even realize it was a cover until you just said it. So... I'm going to continue to think it's not a cover, and this is this is in uh, Supertones original. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a fun way to kick off the album. Yeah. I would say that this is about as cheery as the rest of this CD is going to uh, be. Yeah, looking at it, and uh, much like the other ones, and this was definitely user error, um, I'm going into this album blind, um, only knowing two of the songs, uh, two Reliant K uh, Wow. Reliant? Reliant, yeah, Reliant K. Holy fuck. 
uh, Reliant K jams um, and everything else, I'm going in completely blind. So just knowing some of the covers that are on here, definitely more of a somber record than the past two we've listened to. But I thought this was a nice, nice pickup. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to say I'm adding it to the playlist, but it's better than the original. And so far, we're off to a good start. Well, the next track is one you definitely know. We've talked about yeah. it already on here. Um, but this was the first time I ever heard this song was on this album. And that is Reliant K's Santa yeah. Claus's Thumb Into Town. <laughs> love that opening bass honestly this, this song still rules i mean there's yeah, not much so to there's not much that we need to go over with this one that we haven't already gone over with on a previous episode but it's still a bang now when we talked about the reliant k album you mentioned that half those songs was from a very early release yes. this was one of those right when this, they were like I, or was this a? I actually think this was recorded for this album first and then carried over okay. onto the Deck Your Halls, Bust Bruise Your Hand album that then was expanded into the Let It Snow, Let It Rain beer. Okay. What year did this particular This is 2001. Okay. So, right. put, put, so I think that timeline is correct. that mindset as well. Yeah. Yes, very much. Um, but yeah, so we'll cover this one. I will say that the next track that we're going to go to is... I think my favorite version of one of my favorite Christmas songs. Okay. I really like this song to begin with, but there's something about the moodiness of this next one that I love. So let's let's dive into Cadet doing the first Noel. So the first Noel to me um, will always remind me of grade school it was a song that we always had playing because i went to catholic school as many of you know and it was a song that was always sang during church services so i i do hold this song special in my heart and i absolutely adore the way that they did this yes yeah, it, it's so chill the vocals are really clean and crisp I like that it's it's just a laid back version yeah. of this song. And I've heard really great punk versions of this song. Like I've heard people speed it up and punk it out. But there's something that's just nice and like I could imagine a movie like Let It Snow, something that we love. Like yeah. I could see this song in that soundtrack as people are leaving like that For weird sure. Christmas service that they go to that's like all of the different Christmas traditions shoved into one like it's just nice and chill. It's got this cool little like guitar like almost like a slide guitar going on in the background yeah. to fill it out like it's a really cool in and i've only checked out one or two other songs by this band this is not what this band sounds like no. this band is like an indie rock band that's like a lot heavier okay. than this but i appreciate that they kind of like i'm glad they went this way with it because I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest and i think we've talked about this before when you were like we're gonna do happy christmas volume three i'm like cool yeah let's do it but I'm, I think I'm officially over punk rock Christmas. Like, yes. <laughs> like I don't need that anymore. I've gotten enough of that. Yeah. So I really like what they did with this, and and I, I'll, I'll check out the rest of their stuff, even though it is a little different. I always want to give this everything is like, a chance. But 
This is the perfect driving as it's starting to snow soundtrack. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's not yep, it's not freezing cold sure. yet, but you're seeing the snow across your window shield and everything. All right, so we are going to get a little bit more raucous with Bleach, their song. <laughs> this is an original by them, What We Call Christmas. So this band uh, was very often referred to as like the Christian Weezer was uh, what they got compared okay. to. I can hear similarities yeah. to Weezer for sure. Even in the vocals too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Dude, you like that little sound in the background too? That yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a nice touch, dude. So tell me about Bleach. So we're going to talk about Christian record labels for a second. Oh, so, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there were a bunch of different Christian record labels, and I would say that the two biggest ones as far as records sold was Forefront Records and Tooth & Nail. And this was released through Tooth and Nail. Tooth and Nail was like your MXPXs. And while they didn't have Five Iron Frenzy, Five Iron Frenzy would have felt at home on Tooth and Nail. It was like the punk rock label where a lot of those bands did break into the mainstream. They had Family Force 5. They had P.O.D. They had Blindside. Like, they had those bands. Then Forefront was like where DC Talk and Jars of Clay and a lot more of what is like that contemporary Christian yeah. rock sound was. A lot more poppy Poppy, yeah. That fits. Or just like easy listening to a certain yeah. attempt. Like almost an adult contemporary but with God lyrics. Bleach was signed to Forefront and they were one of the two bands on Forefront that everybody was always like, why is this band not on like Tooth and Nail where they can actually yeah. be exposed? And they basically, the, the last album they put out was eventually on Tooth and Nail. They left Forefront, went to Tooth and Nail and then ended up breaking up. But I mean, you can tell they're a tight band. Like yeah. they are, and this is like, this is ten years into their career. So this is a band that's been putting in the work really? and perfecting their sound a little bit. But uh, they, I, always, I think you I really like did. One. You really hit the nail on the head with Christian Weezer. I yeah, mean, this is like, very much a Weezer song. <laughs> a thousand percent. I am actually really excited to jump into this next one though. Earth Suit with Wonderful Christmas Time. Which I absolutely adore this song, so I'm 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 ready for to hear Earth Suit. Now here here's my thing. Here's what I picture. Okay, the band Earth Suit. I know nothing about these people. Um, singing Wonderful Christmas Time. I'm hoping it leans really heavy into that synthy uh, sound with Earth Suit. I'm feeling space vibes. Am I gonna be let down? So hit play, and I'll tell you a little bit about Earth Suit. Okay, as let's play it. Oh, shit! I am not let down, my friend! So, so this is a little off for Earthsuit, all right? So, they were yeah. very synthy. The band that they were most frequently compared to was 311. They were, like, this weird blend of, like, reggae, hip-hop, electronica, and, like, heavy metal. This is a little bit more of their electronica stuff, but here's the craziest thing about Earthsuit. Earth Suit is still a band, but they changed their name. Okay. To Mute Math. 
If you're Mute familiar Math. with the band Mute Math, which I'm not. Okay, so Mute Math is actually a pretty well-known indie rock alternative rock band okay. that has done a lot of really strange videos. Um, they are not a particularly religious band. They actually <laughs> changed their name. So so here's the thing about Mute Math. They changed their name because Earthsuit was labeled as a Christian band. They were trying to get away from that label. Okay. Changed the name to Mute Math. Yeah. Then Warner Brothers still marketed them as a Christian band so much so that the band sued them over oh, improperly marketing their band because they felt like it was diminishing their records and their ability <laughs> to get their music out. Dude, there. I just looked up a picture of Earthsuit. This is the most 90s Smash Mouth meets Crazy Town band I've ever seen Dude, in my life. So let and me, I love it. I'm going to play you the song that introduced me to the band Mute Math or uh, the band Earthsuit. Yeah. And you'll hear what I mean when I say like people saw them as like a 311 a little bit. You can hear what I'm saying, though, at how different "Wonderful Christmas Time" sounds. To real what they used different. To do. This doesn't sound anything like <laughs> what you have shown me of Earth Suit, but I like it. Yeah, no, they were. I, do I, like it. I always thought that they were a band that was not marketed properly, but could have actually had some crossover appeal. Like I could see them yeah. playing like Bamboozle Festival or something. I could see that for sure. Let's go to what is probably my least favorite song on this album which is Kendall Plain doing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Now, what do you think about O Come, O Come, Emmanuel in general? I've heard some very good covers of it that I really, really like, but it's not a song that I'm necessarily overly attached to as a this- song. This song particularly um, takes me back to our episode where we talked about the difference between Christmas carols and, and Christmas, Christmas songs. songs. Yeah, this is a carol if there ever was a and, carol. And I do not think that I I don't want to hear a version of this that is not in a church. Honestly, yeah. like this, this is not a song that's coming on my playlist. Like I don't dislike it, but yeah. it's not a song that I'm actively seeking out to this, listen to. This is one where I will openly welcome the punk and ska version of it because, really? because I'm like, you know what? I've just like this version. It's a harpsichord and a girl. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like this is not. It's kind of like a very Tori Amos type thing that's I going can hear on here. That. I think my side as of it is like I don't want to hear any covers. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to hear it. Period. But that's not because I hate it. I don't hate the song. It's just to me like if you're doing O Come O Come Emmanuel, it was the first song I ever sang as a solo. Yeah. In a church. I will. I will raise you though that I think yeah. that 
the best version of O Come O Come Emmanuel is actually the August Burns Red like five minute instrumental okay. version that's yep. fucking amazing. I, I, yes. Yes. <laughs> like, okay. No, they should not be doing a punk or any cover of O Come O Come Emmanuel with lyrics. Yes. I do like the way that that August Burns Red did it for sure. But, yeah. but this is very boring. Can we move yeah, on? Yeah, this is a sad <laughs> this is the biggest sad bastard song on the album in my heart. Um yeah. so we are going to get a little punky. There are a couple punk songs. I'm not sure if you remember Hangnail was the band that previously did Oh Little Town of Bethlehem and ripped yeah. through it in like a minute and a half. Well, now yeah. they're doing our favorite song, Do You Hear What I Hear? <laughs> I feel like the song's on every fucking album we talk about. Why is this song the one? Why is this the one that everyone does? I will say that I like Hangnail's version of it just because they do that star is star part super fast and it sounds great as a skate punk song. Yeah, it's not on that same level. (laughs) It's not quite Elmo. (laughs) Yeah, I like when the chorus hits. I don't skank to this. I can like throw bows. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It it is far from the worst version of "Do You Hear What yeah. I Hear," but and, it's and still. Honestly, I just don't like the song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just don't like the song, and that it's just. I'm calling back to Real Big Fish and their live album. It's just a bad song, no matter how you slice it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Like I said, there's some sad bastard music on this album, which was the exact mood that I was in. And poor old Lou, who I believe this is the only song I've ever listened to by this band. Their take on what child is this is the exact sad bastard type music I needed. That you need him. I do like this opening. 
feels like uh, we're gonna get hit with like like a country emo ballad. Like, <laughs> if I remember correctly, it's a bassy like Peter Steele type voice. Maybe not as deep as Peter Steele, but it's in the lower range when they I sing this song. That. But I can hear the the singer channeling, trying to channel like a Nick Cave type. Yeah. So here's what I learned about Poor Old Lou from a quick Google search. Poor yeah. Old Lou was a pioneering Christian alternative rock band from the early 90s based in the American Northwest. They experimented with a variety of sounds and genres, including grunge, funk, and psychedelic rock. Uh, the band consisted of brothers Jesse and Aaron Sparkle and Scott Hunter on vocals. Aaron Sparkle, you'll see is later on in this album as well, but Aaron Sparkle is actually... Um, a very well respected in the Christian scene, anyway. So it's labeled on my side as Aaron Sprinkle. Is is it Aaron Sparkle or Aaron Sorry, Sprinkle? It is Aaron Sprinkle. Okay, uh, I just want to be sure. I am just a fool. <laughs> Pay no attention hey. to the man behind the curtain. Easy mistake. Um, <laughs> he basically was the when poor old Lou broke up. He became the producer for almost every Tooth & Nail record. I actually really do like this version of What Child Is This, but I won't pretend it's not sad bastard music, because it definitely the, is. The Christian rock cinematic universe absolutely like <laughs> floors me every time we talk about it. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it, seems so like a much big, it seems like a much bigger universe than it actually is, because it's like <laughs> there was this label that had four people that were working for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're like, and this pe- these people started working with these people, and I'm like, all these guys know each other, and they party. <laughs> yeah, they partied. That was- so talking about bands that we've talked about on every one of these albums. I think you- I liked Joy Electric last time. Yeah, I remember that. Your your boys Joy Electric are back again with Mrs. Santa Claus, I believe an original. They're so weird, and I love it. <laughs> like, even starting it off, wee, 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 wee. Oh, it's so, like, bubblegum poppy, and I yeah. love it. You can, like, two-step to this. God, Joy Electric, they never <laughs> cease to drop hits, bro. <laughs> like, I mean, absolute fire. Like, flame emojis in the chat. Like, this is absolute I love it. I'm not even being sarcastic. I know you're not. Joy Electric <laughs> is fun. I, I have said before. so much fun. They were always fun to see live. So this is the most sad bastard of all the sad bastard music that's going to come up on this. Put it right after that bubblegum yeah. shit that just happened. So this is Dennis and Whitmer, a Christmas song. This was a song that I love. I understand why everyone else in the world will hate it. But man, there was no song that captured my emotional state of my first Christmas without my grandfather than this song. I want to give this guy a hug. Oh my God. It's a really pretty song. It's a sad as shit song, but it's a pretty song. I imagine the people that like curated this record, like set up the track lists were like, well, what can we put after Mrs. Santa Claus? So here's the crazy. Oh, actually, I did know this. I did know this. <laughs> what? So this this guy, guy's like this guy's like the basis for Joy Electric. No, no, no. He's from uh, Lancaster. Oh, okay. So he's from Lancaster. He played in a lot of Philly bands. Uh, he played in the alt country band One Star Hotel, um, and he frequently worked with like Sufjan Stevens, 
which like all oh, completely cool. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's still, you know, he's still active and doing his thing. He's a folk pop uh, artist. He did. I did remember this too. He eventually ended up on Militia record, uh, the Militia Group record label, okay. um, which is way more fitting for him. Um, he always said that he thought his music was neo folk uh, and was heavily inspired by Cat Stevens and Nick Drake, which you can absolutely hear. <laughs> Yeah, um, you definitely in, can hear the similarities in there. Yeah. And I don't even know if he was, like, necessarily a, a big Christian artist or if he was just kind of a a dude who... I feel like Christian music, and specifically with, like, the Tooth & Nail of it all, Tooth & Nail always said that they weren't a Christian label, that they were just a label that was founded by guys who were very religious and, like, bands who wrote about their spiritual journey really hit their ears differently yeah and like i think that that makes sense when you look at a band like let's say this guy isn't particularly a church-going christian but he has gone through his own spiritual journey in life and has written songs about it i could totally see how this would hit somebody and be like you know what i do want to put this out yeah and that was something i always liked about the guy who ran tooth and nail was that he was like i just wanted to make a label so that bands i thought should be heard by more people could be heard by more people and like yeah. if that's what a record label should be. <laughs> like, yeah, for like, sure, for sure. Uh I mean I would go broke in a day with a record label because I would just sign these like unmarketable bands that I think are great. That you and like. be, yeah. Yeah, that I like. <laughs> um I wouldn't think about like, can this band be marketed? But yeah, so that again, I think they knew that, that was a sad bastard song because then they kick it up with some ace troubleshooter. It's like sad, sad Christmas song. <laughs> and this is our last real rockin' song. Okay. Have it all. Ace Troubleshooter. Yeah. Another original. I barely understand how this is a Christmas song. So this was a very short-lived punk band. The And that's super short-lived. Less than 10 years, though. Um, they got signed to Tooth & Nail in 2000. They released their last album in 2004. But right when they broke up in 2005, their lead vocalist, John Wern, uh, went on to become the bass player for Reliant K and uh, was part of Reliant K through the the basically the the peak of the band he was the bassist on the apathetic ep is when he first officially joined the band he did guest vocals on a bunch of tracks on mm-hmm, and then was fully in the band by five score and seven years ago and is still the bass player in the band up till this point i believe so uh I didn't this hear just any the, christmas in this song <laughs> no there's i have no clue why this is if this anything was like, this song reminds me of seeing red by unwritten law I could totally hear. Well, this like, is like it. One hundred percent sounds like that. Here's the weirdest part: this song is just a song off one of their albums, and I'm like, why is this here? Like, yeah. I don't get it. It's gonna always be one of those things. It's like this now reminds you of Christmas, though. You know that yeah. weird shit that I do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Where I'm like, but, uh, babe, let's rock. Watch this fucking. I don't know. Let's watch Thirty Rock. It's Christmassy. Yeah. Well, the rock is about to slow down because we are going just straight into sad bastard land now. I feel like was what didn't I like Starflyer fifty nine? Starflyer fifty nine. They have like a rockabilly like sound. So on the very first, the first album they had that song, the holiday song. It was like doom, do do doom, doom, and you're like, ooh, I dig this. Yeah. And then I think their second appearance, 
you were like, I, I don't like this as much. <laughs> this is more more of what you heard on that second appearance with them doing I'll Be Home for Christmas. This already starting off reminds me of that weird shit that she and him does. Yes. <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> like, I want to... And she and him as well. Like, I want to like those songs so much. And I don't. And and I think I feel a similar vibe with this. Where it's like... It, it, I don't know. It's that weird, like, hey, we're quirky and indie and mysterious do you want to know the weirdest thing about this band? What? The lead vocalist is the brother of the guy from Joy Electric. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that when we did the first one. I knew yeah. they were related somehow. I couldn't actually remember. But yeah, no, it's we can we can move on to the most Jesus-y song that has ever existed. A on... Christmas song for all year by Aaron Sprinkle. <laughs> And I don't hate this song, but... I, I like that opening. But it is... You'll hear when we get to the chorus. This is some Jesus, Jesus shit right here. It's not quite Family Force 5 rapping about no. baby Jesus, but... <laughs> this guy 100% sounds like he would be named Aaron Sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who I picture singing this song? Do you remember that old Starburst commercial? The berries and cream commercial? Yeah, <laughs> that's what this guy reminds me of. And I, I just, that's who I picture singing this song. Yeah, he somehow made a Christmas song that's more about Easter than Christmas, which was <laughs> the most bizarre call. But I'll tell you what, 16-year-old Matt Kelly that was like going to church five days a week ate this shit up. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, he did. 37-year-old matt kelly's like one listen a year is enough <laughs> of this one the next song i love you and this I've, song i love this song too i know nothing about the band skyline drive beyond this song i would go to bat as this being my favorite version of this song oh that's how strongly i feel about this so here we go skyline drive christmas baby please come home this christmas his voice already yeah it's sultry baby please come home yeah all right dude this is this is the exact opposite of do you hear what i hear yeah take you have to actively try to fuck this song up this it song's is a great so jam so there is a version of this song <laughs> that scott ackerman did way back in the day when he had comedy death ray before it became comedy bang bang and i've talked about this he put out a comedy yeah. cd that we will cover one day Okay. In the storyline, because like as much as it was like a sketch comedy show, there was like this overarching story throughout it. And one of the one of the stories was that he was going to take the mantle of Weird Al Yankovic, and he was going to be weirder Scott Alkerman. <laughs> so Christ. he would do these parody songs. And the one that I remember was that he did a parody of this song called, that just described the plot of E.T., specifically the trick-or-treating scene, it was called Halloween E.T., Please Phone Home. What the <laughs> hell? I love it. And honestly, dude, we 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 end this album with, with one of my favorite... But, but it is one of my favorite 
songs that's on that Reliant K album. It's um, such a this. I think I said this on the Reliant K episode. I dream of the day that I get to make a Christmas movie. This this yeah. song is going to be a centerpiece moment of that song Fuck of yeah. that movie. Like it is, it is screaming for like a dramatic, sad montage moment in a Christmas movie. <laughs> It's so fucking good. It's so beautiful. It's so sad. It's so it's perfect because we, I, we you and I we've talked about this before. We're very similar people, and we've had these moments, dude. Oh my and, god, and yeah. God, we've had these moments. Like it's it's so strange. And for those of you who are listening and and you know what we're talking about, it's 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 crazy how Christmas can be such an amazing time of year, but equally the most heart-wrenching time of year for sure and well. that's i mean that song that song in the and the Dennison whitmer song are like the songs that i think of with yeah. my grandfather's passing because I they totally captured understand. they captured this mood of like sometimes christmas is just really sad yeah you know like sometimes it is sometimes it is not the best time of year yeah. and that's okay yeah. you know like it's I I went on a mini rant on a on an upcoming episode of Horror Movie Night about this, too, um, where I I said you know like I've learned to come to terms with the idea that that as much as grief and sadness are really tough situations, there are emotions that are great because you can only have grief or sadness if they came from something joyful previously Ooh, and it's a God reminder damn, dude that was yeah like deep. it's that, like that it's a really... reminder that there was a time of joy in your life and yeah. that, that time of joy can come back again Fuck yeah dude you know that's that's like the happiness that these songs invoke in me now is that they remind me that there was a time where christmas wasn't a great time of year and yeah. now it is again and and there will be years where it's not great again and that's okay that's part that's of life okay. is that it's that it's that constant rotation of happy feelings and sad feelings and this is listed as Matthew Thiessen and the Earthquakes yeah. and for years he would just drop these one or two songs that were these beautiful little piano songs um, and then it wasn't until like four years ago that they ever put out an album and I won't lie the album bummed me out like the album really? felt, the oh, album fuck. felt like it was just like a Reliant KB side record yeah. whereas like Previously, it was like, no, these were just these beautiful piano, just him and a piano and maybe like a drum and bass sometimes. Um, but that album was just like a straight piano driven pop album. And it's like, yeah, but you already did that so much with Reliant K. Like, I wish that we had gotten the Matt Thiessen album in 2002 yeah. when it would have just been this sad piano ballad indie rock album. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, this was that reminds the me of like um like when Dan Campbell from the Wonder Years did Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties, and like yes. I really wanted to like it, but it literally just sounds like a different version of the Wonder Years. It's like, kind of, <laughs> I, I would even say comparatively, and I love both of these projects, but yeah. like 
Jack's mannequin doesn't sound that fucking different from something corporate. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, no, it's no, like, no. this right. is this is two sides of the same coin right exactly. now. And that that's always a bummer when someone does a side project where it's like the exact same yeah. music that they were previously doing. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's Happy Christmas 3. Dude, um, our, so so this is your number one, man. This yeah. was this was the one that you were you were banking on. I was wait, I, I was saving it for like Christmas time. Yeah. We <laughs> still have to do Oh, we'll do four and five. If you think that I don't have <laughs> many, many more not just Happy Christmas albums, but just other <laughs> Christian punk Christmas albums. This is one of my like I know I said earlier like I'm over the Christian punk thing. I I I or not Christian punk thing, but Christmas punk, like like punk covers of the Christmas songs. This is one of my favorite things that we do. I love, I love getting these. on here and going yeah. through an album with you, whether it's something you pick, whether we're doing Rosie. Like, I love these records where we are, these episodes where we just sit down and we listen to an album and go through it, dude. This is this is a blast. And I'm so I'm so happy that you shared this one of your favorite Christmas records with me, dude. Yep. And and we'll be back with one more episode before Christmas where Dylan shares something that's special to him yeah, from Christmas time. Man, for sure. Whoa, oh, whoa, oh, oh, now we won't stop till the big ball drops on New Year's. friends the world got you down don't be sad listen to two dollar late fee with zach and dustin two dollar late fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment the 1980s we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today we also interview your favorite celebrities from that era all in the spirit of positivity and togetherness check us out at two dollar Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 